with September being Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, Astellas Oncology sponsored this episode with the purpose of raising awareness and education on prostate cancer. Statements of fact and opinions expressed are those of the contributor and are not the opinion or position of Astellas. The DSM Assessment by the Pathology Psychiatrist by Professor Carol Ann Ben. Professor Carol Ann Ben explains why pathologists are like psychiatrists when they use the DSM assessment to analyze what the cancer is and what it is capable of. First, understanding the terminology and getting in touch with my pathos, or pathology diagnosis feelings, is needed. D for definitions, S for stage, and M for metastatic disease. Definitions. What could these baddies be? The clever pathologist analyzes the cancer and labels it. Of course, all baddies need to be classified and boxed. And although we have four basic boxes, some may be outliers as not quite behaving as the rest in that box. Sometimes we don't get the analysis right and occasionally a psychopath needs re-evaluation. Not everyone is whom they seem to be on the outside and that is why we mine the cancer's brain and torture it by genetic profiling. This can provide a more detailed way of determining how to treat cancers. Cancer psychology terms. Malignant means evil intention. Virulent and wants to spread outside the little house structure it has arisen from. In situ carcinoma. This is a pre-malignant process, a sleeping cancer, that is often associated with or may precede the progression to invasive carcinoma. Kind of like a delinquent teenager acting out and requiring time on the couch, but really may only need minor therapy in terms of medication and maybe surgery. In-situ carcinoma occurs within the ducts, that's duct carcinoma in situ, DCIS, and in the lobules, lobular carcinoma in situ, LCIS, or lobular neoplasia. This is considered a risk lesion or precursor lesion, a tzotzi in the breast. Invasive carcinoma. This term means the tumor shows growth of malignant cells out the ducts and into the breast tissue. In other words, it's outside the prison cell in the yard. An invasive carcinoma carries a risk of accessing the vascular system, the main roads near the prison, resulting in spread elsewhere. If the cancer is in the glands or lymph nodes, this is like being caught by security. All invasive cancers have an ability to spread, and this is why they usually require systemic therapy, whole body therapy, in the form of oncology drugs, which may include cytotoxic, target therapy, or hormonal blockage or a combination thereof, in addition to local therapy. What is the histological subtype or personality? Today, all breast cancers are named no special type or NST, although they have different personalities once you clothe them. There are four different subtypes of breast cancers, and once you test the cells for receptors, you can then divide breast cancer into the four different psychology families, triple negative, HER2 positive, luminal B, and luminal A. Duct carcinoma is the more common cancer and is a form of adenocarcinoma, which is carcinoma of the glandular type epithelium. The precursor of duct carcinoma is understood to be DCIS. Lobular carcinoma is a form of adenocarcinoma arising from the lobular epithelium, or the lactational unit, and it rarely has LCIS around. This isn't necessarily the same problem child as DCIS. It's really a bit of passive-aggressive pre-cancer, kind of like a teenager acting out. Most are passive, but some aren't. Lobular carcinoma is almost uniformly low-grade, but there are delinquents in this family, and like all invasive cancers, has the ability to metastasize. 
Lobular cancers have a characteristic growth pattern. The loss of a cell adhesion molecule, E-cadherin, in the tumor cells causes the cells to be single file. Immunohistochemistry, or IHC, for E-cadherin is therefore often used to confirm the diagnosis. P.S. Most are E-cadherin negative. Other oddities in the cancer variants family. Metaplastic, or sarcomatoid carcinoma of the breast, is when a high-grade derivative of a duct carcinoma starts losing all features of a carcinoma, displaying soft tissue differentiation and looks like a sarcoma. This is an example of a narcissistic psychopath and requires detailed on-the-couch understanding of its genetic profile before starting treatment. As they may behave like sarcomas and breast cancers, in fact, they're all about themselves and can thus be difficult to treat. Again, remember, this is all part of one community, and however weird they may look on the outside, we treat on how their heart looks. So, let's get a closer look of who's lying on the psychiatric couch and how we can aid the diagnosis. Grade. The grade is an attempt to measure the likely aggressiveness. This is basic pathology assessment. Grade is divided into three criteria that are all analyzed by looking down the microscope. Intuitively, a carcinoma that is less well differentiated is growing faster. The resemblance to the benign epithelium, those are the clothes normal tissue wears, is less, and it's therefore more likely to behave aggressively. This is certainly the case with breast carcinoma, and a standard grading system which applies to breast cancer assesses the following parameters. Tubules. The term adenocarcinomas means derived from glandular structures in the breast. The greater the percentage of the carcinoma that forms glands, the better the differentiation and the less aggressive the tumor. In other words, the more the cancer tries to look like the structure it's derived from, the less aggressive it is. It's putting more time and effort into fitting in. The less it tries to look like the tissue it's derived from, the more it's giving the whole world and the organ from which it has arisen the universal V sign. This would be for its potential victory. But our multidisciplinary meeting, the MDM, A-team is smarter. Nuclei. This is the cell brain. The larger and more variable looking, the more aggressive or malignant the cells tend to be. This means the more egghead, or the more odd, the more the cancer is likely to be proudly beating to its own drum. But our clever pathology psychiatrist gets this and will confer with the oncologist as to what medication can subdue this baddie. Mitosis. Basically it means pregnant cells. The number of dividing cells can be determined by assessing the mitotic index, visualized as cells in the dividing phase of the cell cycle, quantitated as the number of mitoses per 10 high-power fields. The more mitotic figures present, the faster growing the tumor is and the more aggressive it may be. The grading system described above is known as the Nottingham Prognostic Index or Bloom-Richardson-Elston Index. It's a good background skeleton understanding breast cancer. Carcinomas are scored in each of these three categories on a scale of 1 to 3, where 1 is less aggressive and 3 is more aggressive. The three scores are added and the tumor graded as follows. If the total grading score is 3.5, it's a grade 1 carcinoma. If it's 6.5, it'll be grade 2, and 8.9, grade 3. But it's not all about the grade. So what else do we need to check when we look at cancer cells down the microscope? What is the receptor status? Steroid hormone receptors. Normal breast tissue responds to hormones in a physiological way during the menstrual cycle, pregnancy, and lactation. These hormones include estrogen and progesterone, with receptors, estrogen receptor ER, 
and progesterone receptor, PR, in the cells that bind the hormones. In the same way that normal breast epithelium responds to these hormones and is stimulated, so too are breast carcinoma cells driven by the proliferative response to estrogen and progesterone. The following is important to understand. This doesn't mean that the hormones are causing the cancer. The levels of ER and PR in a breast cancer cell are a measure of the degree of differentiation of the tumor. High expression of ER and PR are indicative of a more differentiated tumor. There are therefore two components to the receptor status in the carcinoma. The first is the prognostic effect, how well it can potentially behave. Carcinomas that retain ER and PR are trying to resemble normal breast tissue and may tend to be less aggressive. Not that simple, and this is why we check the cell's genetics, those pesky behavior traits that aren't reflected when you look at the clothes the cancer is wearing. In addition, there's a predictive effect. Tumors that show ER expression may be therapeutically targeted with ER blockade therapies. An example is tamoxifen, which isn't a hormone blocker. Carcinomas with dual ER and PR expression may show an even better response to steroid hormone blockade medication. ER and PR are assessed with a score on IHC by the pathologist, integrating the percentage of the tumor that is positive for the receptor, proportion scale of 1 to 5, and the intensity of the staining, intensity scale 1 to 3. The proportion and intensity scores are added to a total out of 8 called the all-red score. A score of 3 and above is regarded as positive from a therapeutic point of view with a possible score of 8. HER2 overexpression. Breast epithelial cells, like most cells in the body, have cell surface receptors that respond to hormonal stimulation from the outside and feed into signaling pathways in the cell. This is really a form of cell communication. It follows that abnormalities of these receptors that result in increased activity can cause abnormal growth of the cell, leading to carcinoma growing and helping the malignant cells to grow faster than normal cells and spread. HER2 is one of these receptors and is affected in 15 to 20% of invasive breast carcinomas. Evaluating HER2 status is therefore an essential part of the pathological investigation of the cancer and similar to steroid hormone receptors has dual significance. Firstly, HER2 positive carcinomas tend as a group to be more aggressive, having a prognostic significance. So, because HER2 can be targeted therapeutically, a therapeutic agent can seek out the malignant cells and kill them. Trastuzumab therapy was the first drug. In a class of antibodies that are now available for treating an HER2 positive carcinoma, a positive HER status can also direct the choice of chemotherapy should it be needed. The mechanism of increased HER2 activity in these cancer cells is the amplification of gene copy number in the nucleus. The normal cell has two copies of the gene, and in HER2 positive cancers, this number may rise to multiples of 10. It follows that with increased gene dosage, there are more copies of the receptor in the cell and amplification of the proliferative signal, thus encouraging the cell to grow. HER2 is evaluated by IHC in the tumor cells and is given a semi-quantitative score on a scale of 0 to 3. ISH, genetic confirmation, is employed for equivocal cases and for confirmation of positive cases when required for release of HER2 therapy. If your HER2 score is 0 or 1, the interpretation is that it is negative and the significance is no further action required for HER2 evaluation, negative in therapeutic decision-making. If it's two, it's equivocal, 
and your HER status requires genetic evaluation by ISH and will emerge as positive or negative. And if it's three, it's positive. And if targeted therapy is being considered, confirmation of gene amplification may be required for therapy. There are now many drugs available, so what was once considered a real psychopath can be killed with many target therapies. Other features seen on your PATH report. Vascular invasion and lymphatic infiltration. Malignant cells inherently want to gain access to the systemic system or your body to send seedlings, that's baby cancer cells, out to nest, and may do this through vascular spread. They do this by accessing the lymphatic vascular channels and blood vessels. Vascular invasion refers to either lymphatic vessels or blood vessels, and there's no distinction from prognostic outcome point of view. Identifying vascular invasion on the histological evaluation was used previously to identify an adverse prognostic significance by identifying tumors that have progressed to grow outside of the stromal environment in which they arose. Note to all, malignant cells can gain access to the vascular system early in the cancer progression, and the absence of vascular invasion on histology doesn't exclude the potential of cancer cell spread. Conversely, Even though malignant cells may gain access to the systemic circulation, the process of metastatic growth is a complex one, depending on the site of seeding and the properties of the tumor cell that seeds. Only a small fraction of cells that spread from the primary site actually form metastatic deposits. Proliferative index. This is the shoes the cancer is wearing and is an important psychiatric safe code. The growth rate of the tumor is measured by counting cell divisions or mitoses. It's now possible to evaluate proliferative rate using IHC, specifically KI67, which is a cellular marker of proliferation and is only present in cells that are actively cycling or proliferating. KI67 may therefore be used to add resolution to the grading of a tumor. The index is reported as a percentage of cells positive for proliferation, which is less than 15% regarded as a low score. The real DSM of cancer cells. Today, the pathologist psychiatrists are understanding the real DSM of cancer cells. They use many markers to provide clarity of how the cancer cells are behaving and how to treat them. Not all cancer cells can be placed in the right DSM box with the above battery of tests. Sometimes you may hear of other tests being performed on cancer cells. Pathologists look at the cytogenetics of cancer cells. They look at the chromosomal changes in the cancer cells and at molecular genetic testing of cancers. The term PCR you would have heard around COVID testing. This is a very sensitive test to look at specific DNA sequences found in some cancers. Pathologists have led the fight in our ability to test for COVID and cancer. To get even more sci-fi, we can use gene expression microarrays and doctors now use DNA sequencing to help predict which drugs work best for your cancer. So, whether your cancer thinks it's a psychopath, but really it's a delinquent or a true nasty in training, Detecting them and looking at them early in an MDN discussion, not an operation, allows for the ability of the A-team of oncology psychoanalysis to take place and ensure what is required to lock up this baddie in CMAX or just to give it mere community service. This episode was brought to you by Astellas Oncology with the purpose of raising awareness and education on prostate cancer. Statement of facts and opinions expressed are those of the contributor and are not the opinion or position of Astellas. Astellas.